0: Hey everybody! This is Nick Padiak. You are listening to I'll Be Damned. This is the third episode. Uh, it's my talk with Darcy Nalepa, who is an actor and teacher in Chicago. Uh, she's actually she's she's kind of a big deal. She's been in a lot of uh, good shows uh, from really good theater companies here around town. She was even nominated for a Jeff Award, uh, which is it's like the Oscars or the Tonys, I suppose, for the for the Chicago theater world. For those who are unfamiliar with that. Um she and I went to Augustana together. Uh she was a senior when I was a freshman so we we only overlapped for one year but uh we were in a couple of shows together there. Uh she was always very good, always very uh nice and inspiring for me so it was uh it was really great to to reconnect with her. I hadn't seen her in a few years. So uh, I went to her house on the north side of Chicago. Uh had a great talk with her and her cat Nim who makes several audio appearances uh during during our talk you'll hear those for sure and uh yeah it was it was a really great talk uh hope you enjoy it i want to as always give a thank you to matt pickett for the i'll be damned theme song and to alex johnson for the art so here we go enjoy my talk with darcy nalepa Meisner, so this feels completely comfortable okay, for me. <laughs> good, good. Well, you teach, well, how did you get
1: started teaching Meisner? Um, I was uh, auditioning for um, a summer intensive at Steppenwolf called the School at Steppenwolf. I auditioned a couple times post-graduating Augustana and hadn't gotten in and just um, really was hungry for more education, and I reached out to Rachel Sondag, who was before your time, at Audi? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, um, and she had gone through the school at Steppenwolf, and I said, hey, I'm just, like, really interested in taking some more classes. Where can I go? Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, these women are starting the studio called Black Box, and it's Meisner. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I think, like, <laughs> maybe we talked about it in Jeff's class, but who knows. Um, and then, uh, and she was like, and take classes at Second City. And so I signed up for both, not really knowing what I was getting into, and fell in love with it, and... Um, took all of their core classes at Black Box when they were just starting out, and then a year later, with that training, I again auditioned for the school at Steppenwolf and got in that time. She's been really helpful. <laughs> um, and uh, through that, then they sort of kept expanding their business, and there were Audrey Francis and Laura Hooper who own the studio. Um. We're the one. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> See, I told you. She's like, I shall be interviewed. I shall be the star. Get over here, cat. Keep going. Um, and they started getting, the, they were the only two women teaching, and classes were, they were, like, getting a little burnt out, I think, or just were interested in expanding their instructor base. And so they asked a few of us who had sort of come up the ranks at the beginning to audition to train as teachers auditioned trained for six months started teaching classes and I've been doing that ever since what does an audition look like for teachers um it's a lot of mock uh the training of of like figuring out tone and actual understanding of the method that we're teaching Mm. and practicing as teachers with each other as students and um, learning how to we side coach a lot while people are in with Meisner are in repetition and side coaching and different techniques with that and um learning how to critique and give feedback on people's work gotcha yeah
0: can you talk a little bit about meisner i actually don't know that much about it yeah
1: do we i don't think i don't think i mean i wasn't
0: even a theater major at you were no i just kind of did it you were journalism uh no it was english and history and then i just uh I was going to be on the track team and then I blew out my knee and I was like, well, I got to do something. So I auditioned for shows and that's, yeah. So then I was just a theater. (laughs) The
1: old, the old sports star turned (laughs) into thespian. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, so Meisner's actual, uh, the, the thing that I think sums it up as far as the acting technique is living fully under imaginary circumstances. So instead of putting on a character, it's about tapping into pieces of yourself, not exposing like things you would in therapy, <laughs> but tapping into pieces of you that emotionally connect you to circumstances you'd be living under, using that and say, instead of how do I how do I add a walk or a physicality to this person or change my voice, like all of the stuff you can do externally, it's more saying, I connect to playing blanche dubois and streetcar named desire because um, in my life right now i'm feeling desperate well that fits perfectly into these circumstances i then have to be specific about what the playwright's giving me um do all that work of like what the text is giving me all of that and then specify it and use my own imagination to tap into saying okay if i'm desperate and these are my circumstances how do i live fully under that as me gotcha so how do you teach that <laughs> good question <laughs> I don't know um, No, we can help uh, that part out yeah. in case well, your boss well, yeah. black box is um, black box has its own actual technique it's the black box method and we um, use the foundation of that technique tapping into Meisner and then viewpoints so one is about your imagination and one is about your body viewpoints accessing your entire body um, physical vocabulary of what we do every day but actually tapping into that to be useful of like one of the viewpoints is spatial relationship in the scene would, if I'm fighting for something from you, would it help to be closer to you or further apart? You know, actually being conscious of those things and then releasing yourself of that consciousness. All of it's about external awareness so that you can just be natural and just be so much of, um, I think what, what acting techniques try and get to is like, just, just be, well, how the hell do you do that? Cause the more you think just be, then you're, conscious of am I, being, am I being am i doing right exactly <laughs> exactly um so at black box we have two programs one is a, the studio which is um each each class runs for 5 weeks twice a week um and you there are three levels to that that build and you get the black box method throughout throughout all three courses and um then we have the academy which is our intensive conservatory program which is 5 months 5 days a week from wow. to one so um and that's a really great program because it's actual application to the black box method before you go out and do it in an audition scenario you get to be in a gym that's what we like to call it is that it's a gym for people to come and work out those muscles without anything on the line as far as jobs or reviews or things like that
0: Mm -hmm. that's intense
1: it is i love it and is that what you do, like that's your job, and in addition to
0: your acting yeah. and your voiceover and stuff, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm.
1: well, good for you. Well, thank you. All right, well, let's
0: go back. Okay, let's go back. all right. So, you went to Augustana. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Elk Grove Village.
1: Elk Grove Village, which how was that for you? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> there are elk, they live underneath. Uh... No, there aren't. Yeah, there are. You're serious? Yeah, we well, we try every it's become a tradition now at Christmas time on Christmas Day to go to Bussy Woods and see the elk that live underneath a highway, uh, in, in a <laughs> grove that's fenced in. It's very, it's really sad actually. Um, but we've never, I mean, we haven't spotted them in a while, so maybe not, maybe yeah. Elk Grove is Sands elk now. Yeah, I don't know. we need to change it to just Grove Village. Yeah. <laughs> GV. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so how was that for you? Um, besides uh, the elk? I, mean, I feel
1: like... like it was pretty typical. It was mm. like suburban living and lots of, uh, chain restaurants and malls right. and then we got an ikea hey i mean fancy. yeah mm-hmm. i mean people are like elko village where's that and then i'll say schaumburg and they'll be like oh i know schaumburg. right right and i'm like yeah me too unfortunately but um <laughs> no my parents i feel like it's it seems to be that like generations swap city to suburbs to sit in. now it's back right. to city again because yeah. both my parents grew up in the city and then when they were starting a family they move out to the burbs right. and when i graduated college I moved to the city so I don't know I I'm thankful for both experiences um it was good though we lived on the east side of Velcro and then when I was five we moved to the west side crossing the tracks we crossed the tracks did you have siblings do you have I have a sibling I have an older brother his name is Mike same as my father Mike's sure Good people, is, is your mom named Darcy? No, no, Nance. Oh, well, Everybody say. knows Nance. You know,
0: okay. Nance, do I? I'm, I'm sure she's do. hugged you, yeah, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then I've been curious about this. Yeah, when you went to Augustana, you were going to be a theater major, right? Like, yeah, that was what you wanted to do. Why did you choose Augustana? It's not exactly
1: renowned for its theater program. Yeah, I know this now. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I got here's the thing if I could do it all over again, I don't know that I would change anything. I think I was. Very sheltered. I think I was very scared of any sort of potential that I had. I auditioned for a few programs. And, um, Augustana very graciously gave me a nice scholarship, which mm-hmm. helped. Um, the one conservatory program I had auditioned for, I had gotten the note that it would have been too intimidating of a program for me. Man. I believe that the man did say something like, you're too pretty for it. Wow. I feel like I remember that unless my memory doesn't serve me, right? <laughs> you but just, I you just inserted that into this insult this rejection you were that, like, it's cuz I'm too pretty. Well, yeah, <laughs> in just adding that and yeah. so <laughs> I haven't showered since. No, I um I and I and I remember that being like, "Oh, that sucks, but here's this place that like welcomed me and yeah. wanted to help me go there, and the idea of having a liberal arts education was exciting too." So if I had to do it all over again, and I I got a lot out of, like, we got to work right away. Like, we didn't have to wait through our freshman year to get on stage. Like, I got cast in, like, an ensemble role the first play. Mm -hmm. And I feel like experience is really the way to learn outside of the classroom setting. And, you know, um, above all else, outside of just the theater program, Augustana had had those foreign terms, which were just right. unbelievable. Did like you go on? I did, I went on European term, oh, right and then I also that we had the grant from um, the Freeman Foundation to go to China, and I went to China oh, for a month cool. after right graduating. On. So, I would never change my experience: a for the people that I met and who are still some of my closest friends now; uh, b getting like lots of stage time and in various plays and you know genres that we worked on. Right the individual attention that they give there is really great. And then the foreign terms, like I would never have had the opportunity to take an art history class (laughs) in Rome and then have the homework be like, oh, that art that you just learned about how it's commissioned and all the drama behind it, like, go look at it. Yeah. Okay.
0: That is really cool. I went on the next one, the next European term. You did? Yeah. It was like four years after or something. Did you
1: guys have art history then? We
0: did. Yeah. Art history. And uh, I think we had art history. Shit. I don't know. That cat is going bonkers back there. Um, and oh. it was, yeah, we had a similar experience. We studied, uh, American expatriate <laughs> writers in yeah. Paris. And so it was like, Hey, yeah. this, this, you know, garden that uh, Henry Miller is writing about, go to that garden and then talk about it. It was yeah. really like, Whoa, holy crap.
1: And I think now, especially in the times that we're living in and like talking about it out loud, I'm like, wow, what an amazing privilege I had. And if I didn't take full advantage of it, like, shame on me. And, right. you know, I wish I could go back and... But I can go forward and actually do something with that knowledge and not just see, steep in it or something. It feels it feels like talking when I'm like, ugh, why, do I, why did I get that? That's yeah, it kind is, of I shitty. Mean, I
0: feel the same way. I feel, like, almost a little gross just because, like, I went on European term and then I went to China. Also, I went and taught English for a year, and it's like... You know, my, my mom always talks about how she's never been to Europe and she wants to go. And here I am having been all over the world and I'm, you know, her kid and I, I'm just as broke as she is. I just happen to have that, that opportunity. I mean, I've got a shitload of debt right now to, mm-hmm. to show
1: for it. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like, wow, who are we to have these right. experiences? It's yeah, crazy. yeah So I guess all I could do is take action and try and give back. Yeah. And not so, sound like a total white... Asshole. Yeah, which I think which feel feel like, yeah. I feel. Yeah.
0: Whoops. I haven't talked to you in years, but you don't seem like a white <laughs> asshole. But this is coming from a white asshole. All right. So let's back up even further. How did you even get into
1: acting to begin? With? Um, I think I was. Okay. So here's what's happening in the background, if you can <laughs> hear it, is there seems to be like a Japanese beetle or like a ladybug that she's, um, torturing slowly. And now she's <laughs> lording over us on her cat shelves. Okay. Sure. Nim. Yeah. The cat. Okay. I think I got into it. I was always involved in music and dance from a very early age. And then in junior high, my, my parents, specifically my mom, were like, you will be involved with extracurricular activities. You will not come home and sit in front of the TV. Like, you will join something. Yeah. I don't, want you, I don't want you at home. No, just wanted <laughs> us to be, like, involved. And so my brother ran cross-country and was, like, a total star. Mm. So my parents were like, you should run cross-country. And I got physically ill before every race because I hated the idea oh of a race. Like, that just... Made me so uncomfortable and my stomach would just be a nightmare. I hated it so was much. Was it the competition
0: part of it that didn't appeal to you? I like
1: competition. I think it was like the like something about a race, Physic, <laughs> physically a race. Because then I in high school I did sports, but they were all like, it was gymnastics or diving, which required, it was like me against myself right. and then getting judged by other outside <laughs> people versus like, Racing someone, I just don't so like racing you're, people. Can, you're okay to be judged by. Yeah, <laughs> I welcome it. Please, I'm sure people are doing that right now. Um, I think so. So so basically, because I was so horrible at running, I um, I joined the drama club. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started in one way. I think another way too is that I in in like grade school, even when we would do plays and stuff, um, I. I did some extracurricular thing and I remember again also being totally anxious about that and having to go in but then once I got started it felt really good.
0: For theater? Like yeah, doing yeah like shows? it
1: was like an outside drama club yeah park district thing I don't even think there was like a play that we did it was just like an acting camp or something right. um and even further back than that I we would do for Girl Scouts we would have you know camp outs and things and impromptu talent shows and I everybody would be like doing dances or baton twirling and I was doing Dana Carvey's sketch from the latest (laughs) Saturday Night Live episode so I guess I like always wanted to do it and just naturally did it I had an affinity for like doing voices and things like that and thinking yeah and that's sort of how it all got started did you
0: ever have a time anytime even after college or during college or before when you were like well this isn't working, like, I can't make a life out of this, I gotta do something else.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, like, specifically right outside of college, when I was trying to, I was like, how do I do this, and what do I do, and how, how do I have three jobs, and then, you know, and then drive to rehearsal, or and not get paid for it and yeah. oh oh you'll never get paid for it oh, <laughs> oh shit. yeah so there were times I never fell out of love with it so much so that I was like I'm gonna quit I can't do this anymore but as of late I've gotten more and more interested in going back to school for something like psychology or oh, really? therapy yeah And would you do
0: that like as a kind of parallel career path with what you're on now or,
1: or yeah what? I think I'm sort of right now things are happening in a really cool way I've just joined a theater company that I believe in with all of my being and I'm excited to see where that that home takes me um where we go together but as far as not doing the same thing over and over and over again like I don't think I could ever feel satisfied at this point I can take care of me and mm-hmm. my cat, like, luckily she's, <laughs> she's eating, she but like that's fine. it. And so if I ever want to, you know, delve in further with having a family or buying a home or right. any of that stuff, like that's not feasible for me right now. That is expensive and I wouldn't want to do it irresponsibly. Not that, not to, not that there is to say that you have to have X amount of income to be able to do those things, but I, I don't want to be irresponsible when it comes to having that responsibility. Right, right. Yeah.
0: And how are you... And that's kind of a tough decision to come to or a realization to come to. How are you grappling with that?
1: Well, Nick. <laughs> it's hard. I
0: told you I was going to ask. Yeah,
1: it's hard. It's like I, you know, I am um, I've I have recently been given the opportunity to like go after what I want and what I like without any strings attached to anything but myself and um that's exciting. I think it's terrifying and I think there are days where I'm like it's never going to happen for me or whatever it is. I picture my life to be outside of perfect Pinterest world. It's like (laughs) whatever I picture my life to be, I'm like, how do I get that? Like, I I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I should, I should have it, but how do I do it financially? How do I find the right partner in that crime? And how do I, um, find stability in, in a a specific career that is month to month different? Everything's constantly different. Yeah. But I've seen, at least from where I've started, you know, graduating to now, there has been growth. I have seen, I have reaped benefits. I I've found that like my hard work has paid off, right. and has, and I can only hope that if I keep on that path, something more will come from that in a different version. Yeah. But the idea of also just like therapy to me, um, doing that is something that I feel as passionate about as acting, and I'm like, well. As far as we know, we get one shot at this thing yeah. called life, and so why not dabble in who says you have to do the same job forever? Right. Yeah. You don't.
0: Understood. Yeah. So what you were mentioning, uh, kind of like the next step in your, in your acting career, in your, in your theatrical career, what does that look like to you? Like this, this kind of thing that you are working toward, do you have, is it nebulous or do you know what that looks like and you're striving for it?
1: I think it's more nebulous. I think it's it's what I'm... Like, I've, I've never been like, I will be on a TV show and I will win an award. Like, I, I feel like over the past five years, the opportunities that have arisen, the jobs I've gotten, the different theater experiences, and um, I got to be in a movie, which was unbelievable. And the things that, like are more surprising and not planned are the things that fulfill me right. versus saying like, Oh, I need to move to New York by this age and be in this play by this age and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think I, I'm sort of like, well, I can, I feel like, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, are you yeah. allergic? No. Okay. No, good. We're good. <laughs> well, <laughs> Nim, do you want to say something? Anything? No? Just silently okay. judgment. Yeah. Okay. okay, great. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I feel like I could be happy continuing to work in Chicago theater. I think it would be exciting to have, I hope to like in the next year, start searching more and auditioning more for regional gigs. Cause I'd like to see more of the country. Like I'd like to continue to work, but also travel. Right. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question. I think it's more nebulous, but I think it's like I'd like to. Here's something I'd like to get health insurance. (laughs) So I'd like to join the union. Yeah. Oh, you're not in the union. Not yet. Mm -mm. Okay. Do you have the points and everything? I'm very close. Very Mm -hmm. close. Okay. It's kind of a pain to get in, isn't it? It's. I mean, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can just buy your way in. I believe. I think. I think. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, but fifty weeks. Uh, is what you need and yeah I'm almost there so yeah right on -hmm. good for you thanks so psychology huh yeah
0: right on how come I mean I know you mentioned that you're interested in it but what
1: exactly about it um it's therapies helped me a ton so I would love to give that back and I think it's just fascinating the idea of everybody has experiences but you you and I could literally do the same schedule throughout the day and have completely different attachments to it, meanings to it because of where we're coming from. And just the idea that I'm currently in a play that's about um, a mental health clinic in a small town and has various patients and it follows these two therapists. And uh, I think it's... uh, such a stigmatized thing mental illness yeah and it's something that so many people deal with and i would love to be able to help and um ease somebody's mind because i know what it is to like get trapped with really shitty thoughts yeah. about yourself or about the world that you're dealing with and you know it feels like i don't know that isn't there like a louis ck quote where he says something like the world like everything's amazing and no one's happy yeah <laughs> And that's what it feels like. (laughs) I'm just so sick of like, I feel like, and that has to do with perception and, you know, ownership of things. And something we teach at Black Box too about like not apologizing for, you know, taking ownership of what you feel, knowing like what you need to do to maintain healthy relationships, but also like in your work that like as an actor, you get to... Live fully under imaginary circumstances with no, no apologies, no consequences, and actually feel things that like, from a day-to-day basis we have to tamp down. And I feel like therapy helps people at least even for an hour or 40 minutes yeah. access emotions that they're not allowed to or who, for whatever reason yeah. feel.
0: Do you find that you get some of that release through theater as well, whether it's mm-hmm. teaching or acting or both? Mm-hmm. In what way?
1: Um... I think it's, it's given me permission to access imperfect parts of myself that I usually button up and control and try and be like, I'm put together. I'm fine. Everything's great. (laughs) No, I'm good. Um, and then I get to be fully aggressive. I get to be angry. I get to be jealous. I get to be, uh, I get to desire things. I get to cry in front of people and, you know, like I, I, I just, it's like not only a physical release in that way, but it's also like a a, sort of like a beating of your chest kind of a thing of like, I'm human and I'm not, and like I, there's a million things to, there's a million pieces that make me me. And here's where I get to actually access them without giving a shit what you think about it. You're going to think what you think because that's your perception. And hopefully because theater I think is a great device to get people to think Mm -hmm. and not just shut down or turn themselves off. Um, it is a physical release in that way but it's also like a I mean you get to work through some shit and I don't think it's again it's not about like bringing up actual life experiences or deep dark secrets or things you know I don't it's not I don't ever want to be unsafe right for myself or for my scene partners or anything (laughs) but it is about accessing things that like parallel The circumstances you're living under and saying like what you know clocking clocking into an office job from nine to five where i have to answer phones or whatever it is and like Mm. keep my voice at a certain level and keep everything maintained and here's three hours where i get to just be a mess yeah and that's great yeah good for you yeah it feels good
0: (laughs) um so you said you're in a show now. You've been in just a string of shows for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Are you at the point now where you're not auditioning sometimes or people are just like, oh, Darcy, come and be in this show? I think it's happened.
1: I think it's, yeah, it's happened. Um, but I think more now in that regard, it's more that people people contact me for the audition versus – more so than me having to, like, go through the yeah. websites and try and find something to audition for. I think that's something that happened over, like, the last two years. Gotcha. Well, and nice. over, like, cultivating relationships with theater companies or directors yeah. or, you know, having peers be like, great, I know your work or I've worked with you. I can just call you in if, if there's something appropriate.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that there was kind of a time of doubt right after college. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think was the biggest thing that you did from then to now that that got you through it and got you to where you
1: are? Um, I might sound like a broken record, but I think it was the transition was from doing everything I thought I was supposed to be doing, being who I thought I was supposed to be, and... On stage or in life or both? Both. Okay. Acting how I thought I was supposed to act, walking in and feeling like, what do they want? What do they want? And having that be the most important thing versus saying, great, you've given me this script. Here's what I think of it. Here's my opinion, my point of view. I'm going to go in and whether like, however, the only thing I have control over is how much I've prepared and how much I actually allow the, the moment to moment between me and my reader to happen in the actual audition. Like those are the two things I have control over. Yeah. Um, Everything else is out of my hands. And so I think it was, a fine, it was like an acceptance of real, like really accepting that it's out of my hands and not taking it personally or not beating the shit out of myself for having the wrong color hair or being two years too old or two years too young or all this stuff that's like, what are you going to do? Right. I don't know, I, but it's so hard to not take that personally because you yeah. think, but if I was just more of this, if right. I was just more of I just this. want to be taller.
0: That's yeah. my thing. I feel like I get You are a well great else. height, so, Nick. Oh, thanks. It's very short, but I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> I've never thought of you as short. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm tiny. How tall are you? I'm like 5'6, five, 5'7. Five,
0: We're the same height. That's.
1: That's a great height! Yeah, Yeah, all right, I suppose. (laughs) Um, And I think I got all of that stuff from my training at Black Box and from my training at the School at Steppenwolf, which is like both both programs. Motto is, you are enough. You are enough. Hmm. Like, that's enough. You don't have to add anything. You don't have to try taking anything away. Whatever you're coming to the table with is enough if you have the balls to actually deal with it.
0: Yeah. Um... How, the Steppenwolf thing, I'm interested in that because it seems, I mean, that's prestigious and it's mm-hmm. intense. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything that you walked away with after that that you were kind of like, holy shit, uh, you know, this is preparing me now for bigger things or X, Y, Z or whatever. Was there was there anything that you walked away with specifically that was like, yeah, that's it?
1: Without sounding like a total care bearer, I feel <laughs> like I walked away with a lot of amazing relationships and friendships with... Um, 27 other artists who came with various backgrounds and experiences, and like that was amazing because the program is geared more towards ensemble train. Like because Steppenwolf was one of the first, or, or or sort of brought ensemble acting to light of like you are as great as the sum of your parts, or mm. whatever that phrase phrases, yeah. and um and so. It was le it, yes, it was totally about individual process and figuring out like which of the tools that they were handing off to you sort of served you better than others or because we had so many different types of classes and so many different types of teachers, but actually like getting to volley off of so many different types of actors for a set period of time, yeah that was awesome, so I took that away from it um, nothing immediate like every every note that I got i don 't think it actually hit me till like. A year or two later, like it's sort of like a club over the head kind of moment where I'm like, oh, God, Sheldon Patinkin said this. And like, that's what I need to be thinking of right now. Like what? Like if my ego ever gets in the way um, or I start, I, I, I like if I want to control something or if I want to like blame or make excuses for a scene not working, for mm-hmm. example, and I want to like put it, put it on my partner and be like, well, if they just did this. Like I start, you know, like getting... Because I'm actually not dealing with the real thing, which is like maybe something is too scary to tap into, or yeah. Um, and having Sheldon, like Sheldon Patinkin was um, he's an amazing man, and he was a, a my improv teacher and improv teacher of many people in the world. Um, and he'd just be like, <laughs> he would say things like, You're only as great as your you're only as strong as your weakest scene partner and that person changes from moment to moment. Hmm. So like, shut up, ego. Get the <laughs> fuck out of the way. Yeah, It's like, catch the ball, pass it. I don't know. Yeah. So various isms from him and other teachers that like the you are enough quota, um, Michael Patrick Thornton, who's the artistic director of the, the Gift Theater Company, which Sheldon was also a part of, which I just became a member of last oh, spring. That's the one. Yes. Thank you. Um he he gave us uh, some great advice about I don't even wanna say it. I'm not gonna say it but he you was don't have to say it. He's okay. yeah, he's <laughs> my hero. So are there
0: any emotions or or I guess emotions that you find it more difficult to tap into than others or you, you know, as you're playing a scene or if you're you're working on a character, is it like shit, I've got to get super angry for this and I have a hard time doing that.
1: I think my go-tos are actual, like, uh, vulnerability in comedy for me is harder than vulnerability in a drama. If mm-hmm. I have to scream or cry, I, I, know, I know that I've got the stuff, like, to, to access that. Mm-hmm. And take that personally. Like if, if I'm on stage and someone's disrespecting me, or if I feel like I'm not being seen or heard, specifically by a male character, like I take that very personally, and I get very <laughs> hot and mad. Um, I think so. It's easy for me to like go on the defense or be aggressive or uh, or find a way to access vulnerability. That like because because when I experience heightened anxiety my go-to is like the way I release that is by crying like for me I have to get it like tears just come and then I'm like oh I feel so much better so in the middle of this comedic scene you (laughs) feel like just breaking down yeah because I'm like terrified (laughs) but so I think what's harder for me to access is actually like trusting trusting my intelligence trusting that I'm a smart person and trusting um that I that I could be funny but I don't trust those as much as I trust being able to be like quote-unquote a strong woman on stage yeah I don't know. So that's hard. Like, I feel like sarcasm is easy, but like when it comes to um, feeling, I guess I, if it's anything romantic, my brain doesn't have the wherewithal to be like, oh, I could be desired, then I I don't, I don't trust that because I'm like, no,
0: no. Really? Like if you're in a show and you're paired up romantically with someone, you're just kind of looking at him with suspicion the whole time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did like a, I did a a period piece that was like World War Two about the RAF, about the Royal mm-hmm. uh, Air Force. And I think, oh my God, I really hope it's the Royal Air Force. Announced. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Jesus. I was a history major, I should okay. know this, but I don't, I think, um, I think that's right. And I was like a woman who was um, married to one person and then was like having an, a torrid affair with this actor. And like, wasn't that the, wasn't that the, uh, the plot of the movie Pearl Harbor? I never saw the movie probably. Pearl Harbor. I just know that there's like a I love mean, triangle. and many other movies. Yeah, yes. probably. But I just got to wear red lipstick Air in this Force one. Yeah. Anyway, continue. You got to wear red lipstick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: speak with a British accent. Oh, fun.
1: Oh, um, but I think it was really hard for me to, I could tap into certain things about that situation, but when it came to like having two, two men like interested, I was like, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, And that's not, I'm not being, I'm, I'm, now that I'm speaking out loud and can hear myself, I feel like an asshole. But I, it just, that, that's harder for me to access, yeah. that vulnerability. Anything dealing with like sex or romance, I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like that in real life too? I guess so. Yeah? I must be. Oh, no. Nim, what do you think? Now I'm deflecting by going to yeah, my cat. Yeah, going straight and I'm to the like, cat. I'm just like, hey, cat, what do you think? <laughs> anyway.
0: Um, so you talked about, about therapy before, having gone through uh, therapy. Have you found that that has helped you tap into emotions as well um, on mm-hmm.
1: stage? Yeah. In what way? Um, I think, I don't know that I'm conscious of it being like th- therapy's the thing or if it's just my growth through it Mm -hmm. um full disclosure why not you know people I think a lot of people deal with depression I have I went on antidepressants in college I can tell you that I don't remember some of college because Mm -hmm. of that medication I decided to um stop taking that and start actually like talking to someone and figuring out like what the root of all that stuff was to and not to say that there are huge bouts that come up where I'm like "Mm, I'm this I'm coming up against it but it's getting the tools from um, this woman who I've been seeing for a very long time who you know just about treating it like a wave anxiety or depression or anything that feels like a very toxic feeling of like picturing it as as being on a wave and riding it out instead of letting it pull you under all the way, trying to control it or whatever, just like almost like meditation, which I've never, I've tried once and I was like, I'm just going to fall asleep. Um, (laughs) But the idea of like letting the thoughts go through, just let them come, stop controlling them, stop trying to pretend they're not there and just like ride it through. So I think to answer your question, do I find that therapy has helped me access emotions on stage? I feel like because I, I feel more authentic and I can tell like, when I'm deflecting a question that makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> like, I'm aware of it. So yeah. I have awareness and I let things just sort of ride out. Um, so with emotions, I think now I I have a better time because of therapy and my acting classes to call myself on my bullshit and to know like when I'm using something to protect myself that is necessary and when I'm using something to protect myself that has everything to do with my ego and all these other... Reasons. Right. I think it's just awareness. Yeah again
0: so um i've gone through therapy um as well depression and anxiety so I, I know where you're coming from what do you like i i do meditate occasionally just because it helps to kind of center me calm down especially my anxieties and i find that to be <laughs> i find it to have been very helpful for me and i'm interested what do you do like you don't meditate what do you do besides talk therapy that um kind of helps you get through those, those bouts? Do you journal or, or, you know, what do you do?
1: Um, I...
0: <laughs> the cat's playing with the pen. The cat's playing with the
1: pen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for adding levity. Oh, my in. God.
1: I, um, I feel like, what do I do for myself or what do yeah. I do to, like... I talk to friends. I have some amazing women in my life that, like, answer the call. Mm-hmm. When when it's needed, and let me let me like dump my shit on them, and they offer amazing pieces of advice. And then, of course, because I'm a work in progress, like after hanging up, five minutes later, I'll call back and be like, "I'm so sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry that I wasted your time." I'll be like, "Shut up." <laughs> uh, so I have amazing friends that I can go to if I need to talk. I do uh, Bikram yoga when I when oh, I'm really? not feeling like that a slug. Awful. It is. <laughs> it's horrible. But it's such a good challenge. Again, I don't, I can't go to a gym because there's treadmills there. And as we've talked about, I don't like running. Right. I don't like feeling like I'm running. It gives me sure. anxiety. <laughs> so I pick classes. I used to do this thing called the bar method, which was just like. Oh, it's like I, a ballet thing. It's right? not, though. It's not. <laughs> there's, there's a ballet bar. And sometimes they'll be like, go into second position. And now, squat. With this weight in between your legs and squeeze, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, that was torture. I stopped doing that. It, it works, but it was hard. Um, but crumb, like, I go there because I'm locked in a room. What I think, I mean, you could get out if you need to get out. But like, I treat it like I walk in and I'm like, can't leave for 90 minutes. Right. It's hot as fuck. Yeah. And. I just feel like it feels good to sweat. It feels good to like, and it is a mental challenge. Like some of the things that they say, some of these really great teachers will say things about, you know, you have to focus on yourself in the mirror the entire time. So it's like, again, competition against you, which is something I really connect to of like striving for my own stuff and trying to not I think that was something else in my early 20s outside of school was that was a problem the doubt was coming from comparing myself to other things oh sure
0: and that's exacerbated by going into auditions with a bunch Mm -hmm. of people who sort of look like Mm -hmm. you and then
1: not getting picked how Mm -hmm. could you not compare yourself and yeah. now it feels like I have such a core group of very talented and amazing people who all do very different things that like we champion each other we're like oh you're going out for that too great and it's not yeah. it doesn't feel competitive and I, I don't believe it is like we want each other to succeed and that feels so good versus yeah. like before where it was like are that, is that person my friend or are we like yeah. are we sizing each other up and I think you just I don't know, that's just such a waste of time yeah um I think that just might come with age too, like Probably. difference between I don't 20s think and I've 30s. gotten there yet. it'll happen <laughs> it feels really good I believe you how old are you uh, I'm 30 oh you're well on your way you're almost there
0: yeah but I just now started acting again um. Like just last year, so I I I'm just starting it all up again. I had I been doing that, you know, the whole time. I'm sure I might have gotten to that point, but now, yeah, I'm on auditions and I'm like, fuck all you
1: people, I hate you. I think that's okay to have some like contempt for people com- and <laughs> I think I think competition is healthy, but it's also knowing that like whatever way it pans out, it really had nothing to do with your ability, yeah, yeah. you know, being stronger or weaker than somebody else's. All right, so sorry, um, we got okay. We were, yeah. talking, about we were talking about Bikram Yoga. We were talking about Yoga. So some of the things that they will say are, like, about your breathing. Like, if I ever start to feel like I'm going down, first of all, it forces me to take breaks instead of push on through, which is something that I have a tendency to do of, like, oh, this is hard, then I'll make it harder. <laughs> <laughs> instead, I'm like, oh, this hurts me? I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. So that's a great lesson to learn. They'll say things about, like, having the ability to just really – control your breath instead of it being about holding your breath. Like things are actually harder when you hold your breath versus just letting yourself breathe in and out, in and out, in and out, which is something we naturally do. But I think when coming across something that feels like it's a lot of mind over matter stuff, which is really hard for me. Um, And so I like being locked in a room full of sweaty people staring at myself. It is. (laughs) Something's wrong with me. I'll talk about it in therapy next (laughs) time. Um, Yeah. So, I like it. I just don't go that often. I should go more. I, you I'm gonna have start to feel bad about out. yourself. I do, okay. I do feel bad. Okay. I'm going to well, go Well, it's out.
0: also, you gotta have, you've got a crazy schedule. I mean, when are you going to go to classes? You've got rehearsal, I'm sure, like mm-hmm. every night, mm-hmm. right? And you've got a ton of other stuff that you're doing all the time. You've got voiceover work. So it's just tough to fit that kind of thing in. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about anxiety. Because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Great. Um, the fact that you... Are supporting yourself mainly or entirely through theater and theatrical endeavors gives me massive anxiety. Just because, Mm -hmm. like, I can't even imagine trying not knowing. Like you were saying, everything's different month to month. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine that. You know, I can't even imagine the life of a freelance artist or writer or whatever. Let alone if you are entirely dependent on people casting you. And like you said, sometimes it's just not. It's not you. It's not your fault. And you know, the well could run dry at any moment. How do you deal with that kind of? impermanence in in the in your career
1: worst case scenario which I don't even think is the worst case I get it. I go back to waiting tables which I actually miss sometimes like I miss like meeting random people throughout the day and like having it having something that was so separate from acting and like I like food so that was always <laughs> fun Um, So worst case scenario, I get a job. I get another job. Um, But because like the past three, four years have changed drastically, like I left my serving job. So graduating college, I thought, oh, I'll just get as many jobs as possible and I'll have so much money and then I'll act. (laughs) But then I had no energy. So I was like... I was like working at a doctor, I was working at a caribou coffee at like 5 a.m. And then I'd either, yeah, it was really bad. And then I'd (laughs) either be a front desk person at a doctor's office or I'd go work a waitressing job and then I'd go to rehearsal. And I had, I think I made less money than when I just like stuck with waitressing. Um, And then I moved to the city and got a waitressing job and worked at a restaurant called Petarino's for five or six years. Um, and worked for Let Us Entertain You as a company. I worked at Big Bowl in the suburbs before I moved to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were awesome. And I, I miss it. And I, and I miss being there and seeing those guys. And, like, um, and that was good. But at a point, it limited my flexibility to – it gave me flexibility to go on auditions. But, like, it limited my energy. It limited my – as I got older – my feet hurt more, my back hurt <laughs> more. Back, sure. But man, did I have biceps. Um, <laughs>
0: carrying those trays. Carrying those trays, drinks, dropping yeah. those trays.
1: Sure. Um, and then I, when I, while I was waitressing, I got asked to start training to be a teacher, I became a teacher, started assisting at the school at Steppenwolf. Oh, really? in the Meisner classes. So I would be there, um, after I graduated in 2010 from that program, I was there for the next three summers, um, assisting. And then I got brought on and I've been teaching there. So Mm -hmm. now I moved up and I teach there as well. So it was sort of like things started to fall into place where it was like, why don't you just try it? Like take the leap. Mm -hmm. And then with black box, I also at one point, um, worked administratively for them, which helped me leave the waitressing job. Fully. Right. So I feel like it was just like various things that sort of fell in front of me. And whether I was like, I just had to be like, I don't know what this is going to look like. And it was terrifying to leave a job that I knew I was going to have a lot of cash at the end of the night and right. like have money, <laughs> you know, it was terrifying, but it worked out. And then eventually I administrate, I, I stopped on the admin team and focused, focused more on acting and teaching and was like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And it's been okay, but I also know that like that could change at any moment and I have to like go where the winds of change take me. Yeah. So financially it's, uh, it's just knowing that like, if I have to get a waitress job again or work at a coffee shop or a bar, like, you know, I'm thinking of things in the service industry that seem flexible either with hours of being really early in the morning or really late at night. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that gives me anxiety. Just to even think about it.
0: But, but I, I feel, feel like that it's you've that got these two teaching jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. That I mean, that is a base. That's that's
1: not you're not just kinda of blowing in the wind and Yeah, like, from
0: one job to the next, never know.
1: Yeah. I never thought I was gonna be a teacher. I never like if you had told me that at Augustana, like, you're gonna graduate and then you'll act for a while and then you'll be an acting teacher. I'd have been like, Are you crazy? Yeah. No one should listen to me. <laughs> you're nuts. And um,
0: do you still feel that way? Like no one should listen to you? Do you ever have that doubt?
1: Oh yeah, but I think I have the, I think because of the, the material that I teach, the team and with, the team in which I teach, and like, the fact that the two main qualities that we focus on are having bravery and honesty in your work. It's like I can be honest with my students and say, "Hey guys, I'm I'm and we say that from day one of like I don't know everything. I'm still learning. I don't like and I fully believe." That when I'm done with a session, I have learned far more. From them. I, I should pay them. Like I I learned so much from my students and what what they're experiencing and and having the bravery to go through in front of a group of people, like it 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 feels like fuel. Yeah. You know, yeah. This cat. I, I told this. you. I love this cat. She's like. She's like, so you've come to interview me. Let me tell you about no, my day. Well, I woke up at
0: from the three right in now. the
1: morning just to wake Darcy up to say, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I left. Now, yep. She's also, I should have named her Mia Ham. She loves to like play soccer. Kick things around. Yeah. <laughs> um, all
0: right. Well, how do we know, we, you, me, and whoever is listening to this, all five people who are listening to this, mm-hmm. Uh, how do we know what you're in, how to find you, etc.
1: Um. <laughs> hey, Nim? Hey, Nim? Yeah, can we I'm take gonna, that yeah. away from Can from you? Can I have text? that? Thank you so much. You're <laughs> being so helpful. Yeah. We like to say a lot, like, I say, are you helping or are you hurting? And she usually is hurting, but she doesn't care because sure. she's a cat. <laughs> um, well, I don't have a website or anything, which... It's a goal in 2016 Mm -hmm. to build one. It always felt so gross to me. to be like, I have a web... But you have one.
0: Well, I had it for this podcast. You have to host a podcast online somewhere, and you can either pay a hosting place to host it, or you can pay to have your own website. I'm like, well, I might as well just have my face on it, too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so you don't have a web... (laughs) You don't have a website. I don't have a
1: website, but I am on Facebook. Uh... Yeah, the Black Box uh, website has a bio for all the teachers and usually says like what we're working on, mm-hmm. um, so you could find out there. I am currently doing a play at the Gift Theater, which runs through February 7th, called Good for Auto. It's a world premiere by David Rabe. It is in its second and final extension. We have been running since October 1st. Oh my
0: god.
1: And it's a really cool, beautiful, gut-wrenching piece of theater and with it being a Chicago storefront, and it's the most intimate equity house in Chicago, um, you're basically in a therapy session for three hours. <laughs> so since that seems to be the running theme of our conversation, it's good. Yeah. I think it's really good, and I'm working with um, an unbelievable amount of talent. The company is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then I'm doing a play called Kill Floor with American Theater Company this spring. So. All right. Those are two things. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: okay. So that just brought up a couple more things. Do you yes. have time? Is it okay yeah. that we keep done? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never been in a show that has a super long run like uh-huh. that. I think the most I've ever done is like nine of, of one show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is, how does it change what you do? You've been doing this since October. Yeah. What? We were rehearsals in August. Wow. Okay. So how does the show
1: change how do you change how do you keep your energy and focus for that long um the black box method gave me a process in which i can we have a lot of isms one of them is always do the same show never do the same show so i know my lines Hmm. but i am a different person every day And so I have to be brave enough to say like, I am no longer emotionally connected to this or if I'm fighting for this from my scene partner, I no longer actually believe I'm going to get that. So I need to go back to the drawing board in my preparation. So it's just about touching base with like my, my staples, my homework, my foundation of what I'm working with. And if something is like not striking a chord in me anywhere, then I have to redo that. Gotcha. Um, so the sh- the show we just had three weeks off for the holidays, which mm. was awesome, because <laughs> it's it's a it's a hard play. It's the hardest play I've ever had to do. It's um, as we were talking about before, like getting release. I actually don't feel like I get much of a release. This it's it, like my plot line with my car- my scene partner doesn't end well, mm. and so. Um, it's about flexing the muscle of being able to tap it out with yourself, to pound it out with yourself, another black boxism, of like saying like, okay, I just lived fully under that and it's still in my body, so how do I actually actively let go? And I think the biggest thing that's changed for me from October 1st to now is the lag time between that. Like there would be moments like at intermission where I just had to I would get really emotional and upset because I was fearful of having to go, go there again and like live through that again. And um, I think that's gotten, I've gotten better about saying, okay, that's done. That happened. That was that performance. Tomorrow is another one. And all of this also is like Michael Patrick Thornton, who directed the piece, he is just so, Brilliant and insightful and he says exactly what you need to hear when you need to hear it. And I think um he came in for our our brush up rehearsal just to say hi to everybody. Um before we started up again last weekend and he said, you know, approach it with a sense of gratitude and awe. Don't ever don't get clever about something just because you've been with it for so long. Don't act like you know it. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't know what's gonna happen night to night. You don't know what you're gonna be given by your scene partner, like it's still a, it's a team effort. It's not about you. Yeah. And I think, I think I was getting stuck in the habit of saying like, oh, my job is hard. And like, <laughs> instead of being like, I am so grateful that like, even though this hurts, I get to, I get to fucking feel that. Yeah. You know? So I think that's what's changed is my attitude towards it. And, um, the ability to say like, okay, that happened Release. Go be a human now. Like, well, how do you do that? Is it that simple? To I think just it's, say release. Go ahead. I think over time. Yeah, and I think there are days where it's harder than others, but yeah. I, I, think like it becomes um, not a job, but you, you sort of know like you're gonna, you're gonna make it. You're gonna live through it. And yeah. I think what's exciting too about specifically working with this group of actors is that no one's precious about it. No one, no one. Everybody, pretty much lights themselves on fire every time they work they this is a a group of very hard-working people who give it 110 percent every time mm-hmm. no one phones it in like everybody's got life happening but we it feels like you walk into that theater and everyone's like it's a, it's a silent you know contract between all of us that we're like great i got you you got me let's do it yeah you know yeah that's so, great yeah
0: It sounds exhausting it is yeah but that's like you said, that's a beautiful gift to be given. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure to even see that show is a tough thing to go through for sure and to be in it and to live it that's got to be really tough.
1: yes, yes, people say thank you after the play, and I think like I think it is very much a it is a huge thing that we ask of audience members to do, and when they're willing mm-hmm. and able, I'm really thankful for that,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. Well that was the second thing that I was going to ask actually. There were two things. It was the long run and then the how do you get past an emotional show like that? How do you just get over it?
1: Oh, I'm going to New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. There was so our dressing room is in a basement. And um it's Chicago and it's winter and um it's a basement. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going sure. with this. It sucked. I yeah. was like, Oh, it's so cold. Oh. Yeah. And I turned to one of my, my best friends who's in the show as well and I was like, What are you doing in February? And she's like, I don't know, what are you doing? And I was like, Let's get out of town. And she's like, We could go to Colorado and I was like, No 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 no. no. I need to go someplace warm. <laughs> and we like looked at each other and we're like, New Orleans and we're like, New Orleans. Really? So so I think something else that that's changed is like again for your anxiety about like how do you how do you How do you like trust that, you know, full-time actor thing? Mm -hmm. It's like the money, like money will always has a way of showing up and debt is always there. So like live your fucking life. So I'm like, I want to go somewhere in 2016. I want to stop. Like if I have a free weekend, I I used to have the tendency to be like, how can I fill up every single minute with work? And if I'm not working, then like, then I'm a bad person (laughs) and being like, no, actually like you deserve play as much as work. Yeah. You know, work hard, play hard kind of thing. So I think that's how you deal with it, too, is, like, treat yourself. Treat yourself well. Yeah. You know, whether it's with a whiskey or a milkshake or a hot bath. like Sometimes all three the same time. Oh, man. <laughs> a whiskey milkshake in the bath? Exactly. I think we're onto something here. Yeah.
0: Um, well, what is the movie that you are in? Can we plug it? Yeah.
1: Okay. You, we sure can. Um, it's called Henry Gamble's Birthday Party. It was written and directed by Stephen Cohn. Um, he has a couple other films out there. Uh, Wise Kids, I believe, is still on Netflix. But Henry Gamble will be distributed um, in the spring, so right look out for it.
0: How did you get involved in that?
1: I auditioned for it, and I got I got a really great part. It was another. It was a great experience of ensemble work, which Chicago is known for. And he wrote this piece about a, a core family, but. So um, Henry Gamble's 17th birthday and he's having a party and his father is the uh, pastor and minister of a, um, he's the pastor of a uh, evangelical church and things are not as they seem. Everybody's got something going on, but at the party, various church staff are invited. Henry's friends from high school who aren't involved in the church come and it's just one day 20-some characters, you get to see a little bit from everybody, and I think it's really good, and we we just um, had a limited run in New York, and we were at the Chicago International Film Festival, and cool. we won an award, and that was really exciting, wow. and we'll, I think we're going to also have another, we should be having another theatrical release in Chicago before it goes on streaming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So good for you. Thanks.
1: Um, you feel good? I
0: feel great. All right. I do, too. Thank you very much Thanks, for doing Nick. this. Thanks, Nick.
1: This was fun.